Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, it's Cole Jenkinson here. Welcome to this edition of the Arsenal Audio Programme. FA Cup, fourth round, Friday, 25th of January 2019. Arsenal v Manchester United, kick-off 7.55pm. Contents. Head coach. Captain. Voice of Arsenal. Player feature, Ainsley Maitland-Niles. Match action, Blackpool v Arsenal. The Academy, 1979 opener. Road to the final. Five-minute final. Player feature, David O'Leary. My story. Community. Arsenal women. Visitors, Manchester United. Match action. Arsenal v Chelsea. Teams. Head coach, Unai Emery. Info, born on Arabia, Spain, November the 3rd, 1971. Previous clubs as manager, Loca Deportivo, Almeria, Valencia, Spartak Moscow, Sevilla, Paris Saint-Germain. The head coach on continuing the positive aspects from Saturday's win in tonight's huge Emirates FA Cup clash. Unai was speaking to Rob Kelly. It was very important for us to keep a clean sheet against Chelsea last weekend. That's our target in every game, and while I think we could have worked better defensively at West Ham a fortnight ago, we didn't concede a lot of chances then either. In the last two matches, I think we have been better defensively, and our challenge is to continue that tonight against a Manchester United team with many big players. With defending... You need every player to be involved, including our attackers. We saw that against Chelsea. Every player worked hard offensively and defensively with good spirit. We pressed against them, and I think we can do the same tonight. Our objective tonight is to keep another clean sheet. It's about everyone contributing and having the right attitude. We needed to be together when we attacked, finding space and picking the right moments to go forward. Chelsea had more than 60% possession, so we had to work without the ball to recover with good pressing. We spoke before the game to say we needed to run more than them. 
This team run a lot. For the first idea, we were speaking that we needed to run to recover the ball and then transition very quickly. In the first half, the first 30 minutes we did that. In the second half, it was very difficult to keep this pressing for 90 minutes and the match changed tactically. We worked very well defensively in deep areas when we needed to in the match. I started Alexandre Lacazette and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang together against Chelsea. I'm finding and working to take the best balance with every player and sometimes they can play together. In other matches it is impossible to play together because we need another idea with the system or playing with one attacking player. But we are very happy with them and I think they can help us in defensive situations. Above all, Aubameyang can also play on the right or left and when he was playing in different positions right or left, the most important attribute was his mentality. He said to me, yes, I am going to do that. But the first position for him is to play as an attacking player. Laurent Koscielny really led from the front against Chelsea, and I feel he's really coming back now. He needed some matches to recover physically, so he could perform at his level. Against West Ham and Chelsea, he played very well. Now he has to continue helping us to perform with his experience, with his quality. It's important that he transmits this experience to help us. Laurent has worked a lot to recover from his injury, and I get the feeling that the team are very happy with him as our captain, with his performances in matches, and how he helps us in training too. His quality with playing out from the back with the ball is also very important. It helps us out. The real negative from last weekend was losing Hector Bellerin. We are, of course, sad for him. This year has been very difficult for us in terms of big injuries suffered by Hector as well as Rob Holding and Danny Welbeck. But football can be like that. Hector is very mature and he is already preparing to come back stronger than before. I've watched Manchester United's last games and every player has a lot of confidence. They are delivering big performances. They are very dangerous and it's a real test for us tonight. We've won this competition 13 times and they've won it on 12 occasions. So for the Emirates FA Cup, it's the best match to play. We're looking forward to tonight. It's at our stadium, under the lights, in front of our fans. We feel really good at home, and we want to create a memorable atmosphere tonight. Finally, I wanted to say on behalf of everyone at the club how sad we were to learn of the terrible accident involving Emiliano Sala. We are thinking of his family, the pilot's family, and also of everyone at Nantes and Cardiff. We all remain in hope. From Emery Angle Every matchday programme, we provide extra insight into the life and times of the head coach. Prior to joining Arsenal, Unai had only pitted his wits against Manchester United twice in the group stages of the 2010-11 Champions League, when both sides qualified for the knockout stages. A 1-0 defeat at the Mestala was followed by a 1-1 draw at Old Trafford, with Valencia's goal coming from Pablo Hernandez currently enjoying life with Leeds United at the top of the championship. Playing for Unai in both matches was midfield schemer Juan Mata, who could line up against him for United this evening. 
he went on to leave Valencia for Chelsea at the end of that season. The captain, Laurent Koscielny. Info, born to France, September the 10th, 1985. Joined Arsenal from Lorient on July 2nd, 2010. Previous clubs, Guingamp, Tour, Lorient. Arsenal debut versus Liverpool away, league, August the 15th, 2010. Drew 1-1. First Arsenal goal versus Bolton Wanderers, home, league, September the 11th, 2010. 1-4-1. Arsenal Honours, FA Cup winner 2014, 2015, 2017. Community Shield winner 2014, 2015. The captain believes the performance against Chelsea last weekend has set the standards for the team to maintain. Saturday was a day I will never forget. It was such a crucial game at this stage of the season and we had to beat Chelsea to stay in the race for fourth place with them. I thought we played one of our best performances of the season, if not the best. We kept a clean sheet. We were efficient offensively and defensively. We all worked hard together and for each other. Scoring at Emirates Stadium for the first time in a while was exceptional for me. It was a big goal, just before half-time too. After my injury, my long absence, the hard work to come back. I feel like I got rewarded with that goal. I never gave up. I always gave everything to come back to my best. I don't want to compare the player I was before my injury with the one I am now. There will always be a before and after the injury, and it took me some time to get back into the rhythm of Premier League football. I played a lot at the beginning when I just came back. Now there is only one game a week, so it is easier for me to recover. I feel great mentally and physically. I was so happy to score on Saturday, but what made it even better was that all the boys were even happier than me that I scored. This is a great squad. The togetherness that we showed against Chelsea was the key. We won the game because we were all committed, all focused, all together. We put the efforts in collectively in attack and in defence. When we talked before the match on how we could win against Chelsea, we highlighted all of that. We have great football qualities, but we need to always play with the team spirit and work ethic we showed on Saturday. We had to be up for it, and we were. The big downside on Saturday was Hector's injury. It is a really serious one, and we will miss him. I saw him this week, and we had a long chat. I have been there before, so I felt I could give him some advice about it. It will be a long process, tough and complicated at times. Sometimes he will want to rush things, but his body won't allow him to do it. I told him to take a step back from football, to enjoy life, spend time with his friends and his family. We are in our bubble sometimes, and we could easily forget what is around us. He can focus on something other than football for a bit now. He will learn a lot about life, and he will grow as a man and as a player during his absence. Tonight is another huge game. Manchester United in the FA Cup at Emirates Stadium is always going to be pretty special. We have to play in the same way tonight as we did against Chelsea. Big evenings under the floodlights are my favourite. There is something special about them. It's a completely different United team since Ole Gunnar Solskjaer took over from Jose Mourinho. 
They have won each of their seven matches under him and they feel the freedom to play the way they want. They have a lot of confidence and momentum coming into this game. Manchester United are back and we will have to be really solid to win tonight. Paul Pogba's form sums up very well the impact Solskjaer has had on the team. Pogba is playing like the real Pogba again and he is decisive again. Offensively they have so much talent with Rashford who is in the best form of his career, Martial who is back to his best, Lingard and Pogba and they have more talent on the bench too. It will be a great game and once again we need your incredible support behind us. We are ready for this. We have trained well all week. We also went paintballing earlier this week. It was something different to do and a great way of getting together. We get to see our teammates in a different way, in another context. We all had a great time and it was a pleasure to be all together. These occasions create a stronger bond between us. It showed us that we are all in the same boat and all together. The Emirates has been a fortress for us this season and it has to continue. You were outstanding in your support against Chelsea, like against Tottenham or Liverpool earlier in the season. We need you to do the same tonight. Every team must fear coming to the Emirates. It has to be a really tough place to visit for any club. I'm really hoping that we can continue our great home form tonight and qualify for the next round of the competition. Finally, we all need to spare a thought for Emiliano Salad tonight. He is someone I adore as a person and as a player. He is a fighter with a great personality and a top striker. Life can be so cruel sometimes, and this accident puts so many things in perspective. We all have to enjoy our life every day because you never know what can happen next, what tomorrow will bring. Enjoy the game tonight and come on Arsenal. Voice of Arsenal Hector Bellerin injury update Were you it looks bad when he was stretched off against Chelsea last weekend and we can now confirm that Hector Bellerin has ruptured the anterior cruciate ligament of his left knee Hector will undergo surgery to repair this in the coming days the rehabilitation process is expected to take between six to nine months and therefore rules Hector out of action for the remainder of this season. There are no obstacles in life you can't get over, Hector tweeted on Tuesday. Been a difficult couple of days, but I'm positive and ready to take whatever challenges comes my way. Thank you so much for the love and messages. You are incredible. Everyone at the club will now be working as hard as we can to ensure Hector is back on the pitch as soon as possible next season. VAR in use tonight. The Professional Match Game Officials Limited has selected tonight's tie for the use of a video assistant referee. That official has been confirmed as Christopher Kavanagh. VAR can be used to help the referee adjudicate on goals, penalties, straight red cards and cases of mistaken identity. Should tonight's game finish as a draw after 90 minutes, there will be a replay at Old Trafford and will bring you the date as soon as it's confirmed. As of this year, there will be no replays from the fifth round onwards. And finally, the draw for the fifth round will take place 
live on Monday nights, The One Show on BBC One from 7pm onwards. Tonight's programme, Arsenal and Manchester United are the two most successful sides in the history of the FA Cup with 25 trophies between us. One of the most famous finals between the teams and indeed in FA Cup history was the 1979 vintage when we won a dramatic seesaw match 3-2 at Wembley Stadium. 40 years on from that memorable cup run, which comprised 11 games, we are recording highlights from 1979 in tonight's issue. The cover is designed using our winning colours from the final. Turn to page 35 for more features. Emmy joins Reading on loan. Goalkeeper Emmy Martinez has joined Championship side Reading on loan for the remainder of the season. The 26-year-old, who has made 14 first-team appearances since joining us from Independiente in Argentina when he was just 17, spent last season on loan with Getafe in La Liga. Emmy has made one first-team appearance this season, playing the full 90 minutes in the 1-0 home win against Karabag in the UEFA Europa League last month. The Argentina Youth International, who has also enjoyed loan spells at Oxford United, Sheffield Wednesday, Rotherham United and Wolves during his time with us, goes to Reading to gain more first-team experience. We wish Emmy well for the remainder of the season with the Royals. The deal is subject to the completion of regulatory processes. Light display tonight. A special light display will welcome players to the pitch tonight. Please try to take your seat in time to help us create the best possible atmosphere ahead of the match. Let's make tonight another FA Cup fixture against Manchester United to remember. Please note the display may not be suitable for supporters who suffer from epilepsy a big thank you for your support. Emiliano Sala, like the rest of the football world, we were deeply shocked and saddened by the disappearance of Cardiff City striker Emiliano Sala this week. The Argentine striker, who had just signed for the Welsh side from Nantes in France, was travelling to his new club in a light aircraft when it lost radio contact over the Channel Islands on Monday. Our thoughts are with his loved ones, friends and colleagues at this difficult times. Walking winners. Arsenal in the community's walking football side were victorious over West Ham United in a recent fixture to coincide with the first team's trip to London Stadium. Both the male and female sides, which are made up of participants over the age of 50, were invited to play their West Ham counterparts, who also provided 20 away tickets for the Premier League game later that day. The Arsenal men's side won 2-0, while the women ran out 5-1 victors. Both sides then received medals and a trophy during the half-time pitch-side presentation. We all enjoyed a great day and would like to thank West Ham for inviting us, said participant David Deguera. My love of football hasn't diminished as I've got older, but my capacity to play at pace had, through a lack of exercise, poor diet and the onset of type 2 diabetes. I joined four months ago and I haven't looked back. 
Arsenal in the community host walking football sessions at the Arsenal Hub from 8.45am to 10.15am every Sunday for men and women over 50. Email AFC Community Bookings at arsenal.co.uk for more information. Report it. Discriminatory chanting and antisocial behaviour is offensive to all fans and not tolerated. If you witness any form of offensive behaviour, you can report it to a steward using our See Something, Say Something service by texting FOUL to 67777 together with a description of the incident. We are proud of the diverse nature of our team, our fans and wider community. Thank you for your support. Thank you and good luck Sven. Sven Mislintat, our Head of Recruitment, will be leaving us on February 8th. Sven has been with us since December 1st, 2017 and has done a fine job in helping us recruit players who are making a big impact now and will do so even more in the future. We thank him and wish him every success. It's been an amazing experience to work at a great club like Arsenal in what has been a big time of change, he said. I'm excited about what the future holds for the club and I'm looking forward to new challenges. Supporters Forum Head of Football Raul Sanlehi and Managing Director Vinay Venkatsham hosted the latest Arsenal Supporters Forum before the match against Chelsea. The forum discussed a wide range of subjects, including team performance, transfers, fan engagement, ticket touting, matchday atmosphere and kick-off timings for the Europa League. Minutes of the meeting will appear at www.arsenal.com forward slash fanzone forward slash supporters dash forum in due course. Following the meeting, Raoul and Vinay said, Listening to our fans is important. It was helpful to learn more about how they're feeling and answer their questions. Ultimately, we all have the same ambition, to see Arsenal Football Club competing to win the major trophies in the game. We're working hard to realise that ambition. Work for the Arsenal. We currently have a number of casual work opportunities across our retail and stadium tours departments. Operating as ambassadors for the club, the roles will provide first-class fan and customer service. We would welcome applications from individuals with customer service experience, strong communication skills, the ability to work effectively in a fast-paced environment and a strong empathy for the club and our fans. The opportunities are available on a casual basis with no guaranteed hours. The rate of pay is £10.55 per hour. Opportunities are available across our stores and at the Emirates Stadium. For more information and in order to apply for these opportunities, please visit www.retailappointment.co.uk forward slash arsenal. Fans face the courts after Spurs incidents. Three fans have appeared in court following incidents at our Premier League match against Tottenham Hotspur in December. A Spurs fan who threw a banana admitted the charge of throwing a missile and received a four-year stadium banning order and a £500 fine. Two Arsenal fans who threw bottles have also been punished. They appeared before magistrates and one received a three-year banning order and a £650 fine. The other received a £200 fine and no banning order. 
Arsenal's operations director, Haywell Sloman, said, This kind of behaviour is unacceptable. We would always work with the police to identify people involved in such incidents. Using the extensive CCTV coverage we have around the ground, above and beyond. Congratulations to Vanessa Corres, who went above and beyond with her programme selling skills at the Fulham game. Vanessa deservedly won a Puma sweatshirt, and we'd like to thank her for her sterling efforts on the day. If you think one of our programme sellers has gone above and beyond, please let us know by emailing program at arsenal.co.uk. Ref Watch Craig Pawson. Tonight's referee is Craig Pawson from Sheffield. The 39-year-old has taken charge of no fewer than 12 of our games since the start of the 2015-16 season. Ticket prices on hold. If you missed it in the Chelsea programme, we are freezing our prices on all the general admission and club-level tickets next season. The fifth in a row with no rise in general admission ticket prices. We will continue to offer around 26,000 tickets from £10 for each Carabao Cup home game and subsidise away ticket prices by £4. Membership fees also remain unchanged. See arsenal.com for full details. Player interview. Ainsley Maitland-Niles. By Michael Donlevy. Life can be cruel for a professional footballer. Just ask Hector Bellerin or any of the other players on Arsenal's injury list. But those setbacks, especially when combined with a packed fixture list, can open the door for others, and one player to come bursting through that door this season is Ainsley Maitland-Niles. The signs were positive for the 21-year-old when he made 28 appearances last term, but now, under a new manager, he's taken another step forward. In fact, he's enjoyed the most game time of his short career so far in the last 10 matches, and although he has yet to nail down a regular position, his versatility is proving to be invaluable, and it's something that's drawn praise from Unai Emery, as Ainsley was happy to tell us when we caught up with him this week. Ainsley, you must be pleased with the minutes you're racking up. I'm pleased that I'm making progress. The coach believes in me, and I believe in myself, and I hope it can only go up in the future. You scored your first senior goal at Anfield, but things went downhill from there. What were your emotions that day? At the time when I scored, it was one of the greatest moments of my career so far. Of course, we didn't win the game, and I think people will remember the final score more than me scoring my first goal. But as a personal accolade, it was a very nice thing to have. Was it special that it happened in such an historic stadium? Of course, Liverpool are one of the top ten clubs in the world of all time. To go there at such a young age, score, and be able to celebrate with my teammates was just fantastic. Despite the result, will you look back fondly on the goal? Yes, I know it's something that will always live on in my memory, and now it's just about trying to repeat that in a lot more games, and making sure that I'm always helping the team to get more victories and to have more clean sheets. 
The team has been through a lot of emotions in those ten games, losing at Anfield, the frustration at London Stadium, and then a big high with the win over Chelsea. It's about keeping level-headed. The manager has a good sense of what the team is feeling. That means if the team is feeling energetic or a bit lacklustre, he knows. Sometimes our minds need a rest as much as our bodies do. He balances the days off and the training sessions, and that's something I think he does really well. Consistency is so important. But is it harder to come by with so many injuries and players being required to switch positions? Yes, it's a bit of a struggle sometimes. It's just unfortunate, but the team always tries the best that it can to cover those positions and be the best it can be to get the most out of ourselves. You've covered a lot of positions, especially from the bench. How do you prepare for that? Honestly, there is no preparation. You have to play off instinct sometimes. You don't always know exactly what the coach is going to tell you when you're coming on. That can be tricky to deal with at first, but I think I've managed it well. I know that if I need to come on in this position, I need to do this. If I come on in that position, I need to do that. The manager has been really helping me with that. He's told me that it's a bit unfair that I have to do such versatility, but at the same time, it really helps us as a team. I just have to be ready for when that happens. It's the FA Cup tonight, and a lot of young players shone in the win over Blackpool, particularly Joe Willock. Yes, Joe is someone I've known for my whole career, so to see him doing well is just really, really good especially when you consider his age. Not a lot of people get the sort of chances Joe gets at his age, playing Premier League football and making appearances in the FA Cup. I'm so proud of him and what he has achieved. What do you think are the most impressive aspects of his game? He's grown a lot, so his size is looking very good right now. He's still got a lot of physical attributes to develop, but at the same time, his brain is working quicker now. He's got better feet, and he can run much more. He's very talented. As we know, Joe is one of the three Willock brothers. Do you think he's gone under the radar because he's the youngest? That's true, but Joe just puts his head down and knuckles down. I think that it's showing now. He's working hard, his goals are getting him rewards, and they will get him back into the team. Back to you. Against Chelsea, you came on in midfield, but were soon shuffled to right back. How did you find that, especially against a team like Chelsea? Me, personally, I just get on with the game. I know there are a lot of very talented footballers out there, but it's about mindset. That's what you have to really tap into. You have to revise what the opponent does and use it to your advantage. You know the moves he likes to make, and you anticipate it. It wasn't too stressful because I've played right back several times before, and I'm happy to do a job there if I'm needed. Has Hector's injury deflated the mood after such a great performance against Chelsea? Yes, of course, when it's happened... I think a lot of people would drop their heads and thoughts turn towards Hector. That's understandable. 
It's such a big loss for us to have him out for such a long time. But at the same time, the boys were speaking to each other on the pitch, and we were saying to each other that now we need to hold on and win this game for Hector. After the match, Unai Emery said he was very confident in you, Stefan and Carl. Does that open up an opportunity for you? If the manager says that, I'm not going to doubt him. I've put my faith in myself, and hopefully I can be the number one choice. That's what I would love. I'd love to play week in, week out for this club. That's something I've always wanted, and there's a big opportunity now. Unfortunately, Hector is injured, but I'm happy to fill in. What do you make of Manchester United at the moment? Ole Gunnar Solskjaer seems to be bringing the best out of his players, and they're more of a threat. But we have great players too. We can run just as hard and as fast as they can. Physicality is not going to be a doubt for us. I'm absolutely sure we can match them in all aspects. And what do you make of another English talent, Marcus Rashford? I've played with Marcus in the England ranks as I've grown up. He's a very talented player with a lot of pace, a lot of skill and great finishing ability. He's got good vision as well, so he could go on to be anything he wants to be because he's got all the ability. I wish him the best. There's only a couple of months between you. Is he someone you've faced a lot down the years? No, actually not too much in youth football. I think that's partly because he got his chance pretty early with Manchester United, so he's been in the first team for a number of years now. But everyone knows what he's about. He's there to take defences apart and score goals. But we need to be switched on and know what he wants. He wants to run in behind and to create things, and it's up to all of us to stop him. Ainsley Stats, born Goodmays, August the 29th, 1997. Joined Arsenal as a scholar in summer 2013. Previous clubs, Ipswich Town on loan. Arsenal debut versus Galatasaray away, Champions League, December the 9th, 2014, 1-4-1. First Arsenal goal versus Liverpool away, Premier League, December the 29th, 2018, lost 5-1. Match Action Saturday, January the 5th, 2019 17.30 Bloomfield Road FA Cup Third Round Attendance 8,955 Away Fans 5,200 Blackpool nil, Arsenal 3 Goal Scorers Willock 11 37 Iwobi 82 Match Stats Total Shots Blackpool 11 Arsenal 15 Shots on Target Blackpool 4, Arsenal 6 Corners Blackpool 5, Arsenal 6 Offsides Blackpool 4, Arsenal 3 Fouls Blackpool 9, Arsenal 8 Possession Blackpool 42%, Arsenal 58% Ref Mike Dean Teams Arsenal 1, Czech 12, Lichsteiner 5, Socrates 25, Jenkinson, 31, Kozalniak, 
Yellow card, substitute, 83rd minute. 4. Elneny. 8. Ramsey. 15. Maitland-Niles. 59. Willock. 17. Iwobi, substitute, 85th minute. 49. Nicotia, substitute, 64th minute. Substitutes, 26. Martinez. 47. Medley, 83. 29. Guendozi. 11. Torriera, 55. Smith Rao, 87. Saka, 85. 9. Lacazetta, 64. Blackpool, 1. Howard, 69. 12. Nottingham, 5. O'Connor, 2. Daniels, 27. Bowler, 19. Taylor, substitute, 62nd minute. 8. Spearing, 25. Guy, 7. Delfuneso, 21. Gnadwillet, substitute 83. 24. Feeney, substitutes 37. Mafumbi, 69. 3. Wilmer Anderton, 39. Bunny, 14. Pritchard, 62. 17. McLaughlin, 18. O'Sullivan, 26. Davies, 83. First half. Arsenal progressed to the fourth round of the FA Cup with a comfortable win at Blackpool, although preparations were hardly ideal. The team's arrival at Bloomfield Road was delayed when a protester sat on top of the bus and then Lauren Koscielny withdrew from the starting lineup after complaining of back pain during the warm-up. Neither of these dramas phased Unai Emery's side, who took the lead on 11 minutes when Joe Willock reacted quickest to head home when Aaron Ramsey's free kick bounced back off the crossbar. The host did look lively and fired a number of shots at Petr Cech, but none of them unduly troubled the keeper, and it was from a black ball attack that the Gunners doubled the lead. Czech played the ball out from the back and after a rapid counter-attack down the right, Willock was on hand again to squeeze in Alex Iwobi's cross. Second half. We could have been out of sight by the interval as Eddie Nicotier missed three good chances, the first as early as the second minute, but he impressed with his movement and work rate before being replaced by Alexandra Lacazette on 64 minutes. Blackpool couldn't force their way back into the game and the French striker had a hand in the third goal, combining with Ainsley Maitland-Niles before finding Ramsey, whose low shot was parried into the path of Iwobi to finish. 9. Joe Willock became the first Arsenal teenager to score in the FA Cup since Aaron Ramsey nine years ago. 3. Joe has scored three goals in three appearances for the first team this season, plus three in two Checker Trade Trophy games. 17. There's more to Joe's game than just goals. He also won a game-high 17 duels and won a joint-high four tackles. Stars of the Future Arsenal Academy Young Gun Tyrese John Jules Match Reports Man City Take a Beating FA Youth Cup Who's Next After Spurs Win Remember J. Emanuela Thomas In every programme we take an in-depth look at the Arsenal youth teams profiling our young guns and bringing you all the latest news and match reports 
Young Gun, Tyrese John Jules. Born, London, February 14th, 2001. Joined, under eights. Position, forward. Boots, Nike Mercurial Vapor. School, Whitefield Barnet. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Although I'm out injured at the moment, I've had a very positive season so far. I've played a lot of games with the under-23s, and that has helped me progress immensely. I'm not 18 until next month, so I'm playing against older, more experienced men, which has helped me push on even more. I've had to develop both my physical and mental strength to compete. I was given a big boost by being nominated for the PL2 Player of the Month for December. A handful of players were selected by coaches and managers who were asked to pick opposition players who had impressed them, and that made it even more special. I've been doing a lot of weights in the gym and improving my runs, and Freddie Jungberg has put in a lot of time to help me. I watch a lot of videos of top strikers to see what I can learn from them. Edison Cavani and Mauro Icardi are two I study when trying to expand and develop runs that can make the best of a situation. I was in the first team squad for the Europa Cup games against Karabag and Vorskla. I was on the bench, and although I didn't make my debut, it was a really useful experience. Training with the first team helps too, as I'm up against strong, experienced players like Lauren Consimini and Socrates. I had to adapt to my game, as there's no point in getting into a tussle with them. I had to find new strategies, like playing quick one-twos to try and get past them. I'm six foot one inch, and I'm trying to score more headers, in addition to improving my general game. I feel I've improved my link-up and hold-up play. Freddie is very detailed in what he wants, and I find that really useful. I'm improving my technique, but also my football education. 
the way I think about the game and game situations. All that has combined with the work I've done in the gym to help me progress this season. I hope to be back in full training within three weeks after I pulled my hamstring in the 1-1 draw with Brighton this month. It felt tight during the game. Then I made a run and that was it. Hopefully I'll be able to continue to feature regularly with the under-23s when I return. I haven't had many injuries in my career so far, so I count myself lucky. The physios are treating the injury at the moment, and the only other thing I can do is just rest and hopefully I'll be back soon. I'm looking forward to the game today. Manchester United have been on a very good run and will be dangerous, but I was really encouraged by the game against Chelsea. Our attackers combined so well and worked so hard to win possession high up the pitch and punish Chelsea, and Lacazette's goal was pure class. I think that at the moment our defence is better than Manchester United, and that's why I believe that we will win and there will be plenty of goals. I can see it being 3-2. Q&A What's your first memory of football? My dad taking me to the local team near my house. Which team did you support as a child? Liverpool. Who was your childhood hero? Thierry Henry. Who's your best friend in football? Trey Coyle. Who's the best player in the world right now? Lionel Messi. What's the best goal of all time? Thierry Henry versus Manchester United. Another sport I'm good at is table tennis. Favourite training drill? Finishing. Career highlight so far. Signing my first pro contract. Teammates. Who's always late for training? Flo Balogun. Who's got the best ball skills? Xavier Amiechi. Who's got the best passing range? Charlie Gilmore. Who's got the best touch? Me. Who's the best singer? Zab. Who is the most confident? Trey Coyle. Who is the strongest? Fonte Daly Campbell. Who's the most committed? Harry Clark. Info. Favourite footballer? Lionel Messi. The best trophy to win in football is the World Cup. Favourite console? PS4. Favourite social media? Instagram. My most talked to person on WhatsApp is my mum. Favourite TV series? Love Island. Ideal holiday destination is Dubai. Best film I've seen recently is Incredibles 2. On my days off, I usually chill. My ideal cheat meal is Chinese. The player I look up to most is Laka. Under-18 Premier League, Saturday, January 12th. Bodymore Heath Training Ground. Arsenal. Oconquo, Daly Campbell, McGuinness, Spencer Adams, Swanson, Substitute Lopez, 70th minute. Smith, Musa, McAneff. Substitute Martin, 80th minute. Cottrell, Greenwood, Coyle. Substitute Dennis in the 72nd minute. Subs not used. Mitchell and Alibioso. Aston Villa under 18s nil. Arsenal under 18s 2. Greenwood in the 9th minute and Cottrell in the 63rd minute. We trail league leaders Tottenham by just two points. We're the second highest goal scorers in the under 18 Premier League. 17-year-old Cottrell scores in back-to-back fixtures. 
The under-18s sealed a comfortable 2-0 win over Aston Villa at Bodymore Heath, thanks to goals from Sam Greenwood and Ben Cottrell. We fired four past the villains on the opening day of the season and once again started on the front foot in the return fixture. We opened the scoring in the 10th minute when a flowing move from back to front released Greenwood, who beat his marker on the edge of the box before firing a powerful left-footed effort into the top corner. The 17-year-old has now scored six goals in 12 league appearances this season. Shortly after, however, Arthur Okonkwo was called into action following a spell of possession for the hosts. First, he made a fine diving save to deny Indiana Vasilev from close range and then claimed Colin Odoteo's low drive. We had a great opportunity to double the lead before the break when Zach Swanson was brought down inside the penalty area, but the fullback wasn't able to convert from 12 yards. Ken Gillard's side showed great maturity to control the game in the second half, and in the 63rd minute, Cottrell capped his lively display with a goal. He charged at the Villa defence following a defensive error and fired past Akos Onodi to seal all three points. Premier League 2, Monday, January 14th, Meadow Park. Arsenal lineup: Iliev, OC Tutu, Mavropanos, substitutes Ballard, 71st minute, Sheaf, Prequazelo, Gilmore, Willock, Burton, Amiechi, substitutes Balogun, 86th minute, and Katia, Saka, substitute Thompson, 76th minute, subs not used, Okonkwo and Zelalem. Arsenal under 23s, 5. Manchester City under 23s, 1. Arsenal scorers, Saka in the 4th and 51st minutes, Burton in the ninth minute, Willock 45th minute and Amiechi in the 67th minute. Manchester City scorer, Bolton in the 46th minute. First Premier League 2 victory since October 1st. Saka takes his tally to 7 goals in all competitions. Amiechi scores his second goal since returning from injury. The under-23s return to winning ways in Premier League 2 with a dominant 5-1 win over Manchester City. Bakayo Saka, Eddie Nketiah and Xavier Amiechi formed a thrilling attack, while Dinos Mavropanos made his return from injury. For the first time since November, manager Freddie Jungberg had a full-strength front line to choose from, and it certainly showed on the night. After receiving the ball on the left early on, Saka beat his marker and fired into the far corner for his sixth goal in all competitions this season. City's defence was struggling to handle our runs in behind, and shortly after we doubled our advantage. Amiechi stormed into the box and forced Jaden Bruff into a late tackle, leaving the referee with no other choice than to point to the penalty spot. Robbie Burton stepped up and made no mistake with the finish. Amiechi then fired a curling free kick narrowly wide before Dejan Iliev was called into action for the first time on the half-hour mark. We dominated the first half though, and with less than a minute left on the clock, Joe Winnock made it three. Enkatia's effort was saved, and the ball dropped at the midfielder's feet, leaving him with the simple task of firing it into an empty net. However, it was the visitors who struck next after the restart, through Luke Bolton, who converted from close range following two stunning saves from Iliev. 
Less than five minutes later, the visitors responded through Saka, who scored with the first-time finish after pouncing on a loose ball inside the area. City's defence continued to face attack after attack, and in the 67th minute, Amiechi grabbed his reward for a fine performance. Enkatia beat his marker on the right wing and picked out Amiechi, who fired home from close range. The 18-year-old winger has now scored in each of his last two Premier League outings. I'm so pleased, said Jungberg after the game. It was exactly what we worked on in the week and how we want to play football. We had amazing rotations and amazing movement, and when we didn't have the ball, we were locking onto them and making life difficult for City. So, as a coach, you smile. It's similar to when we started the season. 17-year-old Saka scored twice on the night and was quick to praise his teammates after the final whistle. I think Eddie and I both have a lot of pace, so it pushes teams back. Then if teams do play a high line, we can get behind it. We create so many chances for each other, and I feel like we bring the best out of each other. When we do finishing drills with Lacazette, Aubameyang and Iwobi, you can just see the finishing and the quality that they have. Every time I'm there, I just try to learn from the best, because I can take a lot from them. Leadership Group Day at Hale End. Our young gunners recently sat down to discuss the issues that they want to confront at Arsenal Football Club and in their wider community, so that they can take action and bring about positive change. They started by producing a presentation on responsibility, courage and impact, the characteristics we believe makes up a leader, before identifying their own role models and considering what they can learn from them. The group then carried out a survey to identify three key issues that they would like to confront. This included the impact of pressure on young players, poverty in their community and youth aspiration in London. It was also a golden opportunity for our youngsters to interact with some of the young pros who they naturally look up to. It was good to meet the younger players, and I was surprised at how thoughtful and intelligent they were, said under-23 winger Xavier Amiechi. I feel I'm more aware of how I can help others in my community now, as I have more knowledge on how to be a leader. We're now arranging follow-up meetings with our young gunners so that they can kick-start their projects and make a positive impact on others. Joe Willock named Player of the Round. Joe Willock has been named Emirates FA Cup Player of the Third Round for his match-winning performance in our third round victory over Blackpool. The teenage midfielder scored twice as we beat the Seasiders 3-0 at Bloomfield Road to book our place in the fourth round of the competition. It was only Joe's second appearance in the FA Cup, having played in the third round defeat to Nottingham Forest last season. Academy alumni J. Emmanuel Thomas, tracking down former academy players as they make their mark elsewhere in professional football. J. Emmanuel Thomas's career has taken another interesting twist with a recent move to Thailand. The powerful forward joined our academy as an eight-year-old after impressing for his father's team before going on to become captain of our under-18s at just 16. Growing up alongside Jack Willishier, Francis Coquelin, Emmanuel Thomas proved himself to be an integral part of our youth setup, helping us to be crowned champions of the Premier Academy League in 2009. That same year, Jay also scored in every round of the FA Youth Cup 
as we ran out 6-2 winners over Liverpool in the final. Emmanuel Thomas made his first team debut in the fourth round of the FA Cup against Stoke City in January 2010, but this would prove to be one of only six appearances for the club before he went out on loan to Blackpool, Doncaster Rovers and Cardiff City. After his contract expired, Emmanuel Thomas joined Ipswich Town on a permanent deal and scored eight goals in 71 appearances over two seasons. But it was in League One where Jay enjoyed the greatest goal-scoring season of his career, scoring 21 goals alongside Sam Baldock at Bristol City. The duo were the third best strike partnership in England with 47 goals between them in 2013-14. The 28-year-old joined Queen's Park Rangers in June 2015 but failed to settle with the hoops and after unsuccessful loan spells with MK Dons and Gillingham, he found himself without a club. Now, after spending more than a year out of the game, Jay will be hoping to kickstart his career with PTT Rangong FC. Under-18s to face West Bromwich Albion in the FA Youth Cup. Ken Gillard's side will face West Bromwich Albion in the fifth round of the FA Youth Cup, following their 5-2 win over Tottenham Hotspur. The Baggies ran out 5-1 winners over QPR in the fourth round, but they're struggling for form in the under-18s Premier League, having won just one of their opening 13 fixtures. Every game you play is going to be tough in this competition, said Gillard. West Brom were a very difficult team to play against. They're a very physical side and look to frustrate you with their organisation. The game will take place on Saturday, February 9th at Boreham Wood with kickoff at 3pm. And be sure to pick up our next match day programme for a full report on our thrilling victory over Tottenham. Forty years on. When Arsenal and United were drawn out of the hat to renew FA Cup hostilities in this season's fourth round, thoughts turned to a cup campaign 40 years ago, which culminated in the Gunners beating United in the legendary five-minute final. The 1979 FA Cup final. Arsenal 3, Manchester United 2. In a special section dedicated to that FA Cup campaign, we look at the story of the remarkable ten-game run to Wembley, the heart-stopping events of the Wembley showpiece, iconic pictures and stats from that season's FA Cup, the view from one of the Gunners' stars involved, David O'Leary, the 1978-79 FA Cup roll call, Frank Stapleton played 11 Goals, 6. Alan Sunderland played 11. Goals, 6. David Price played 11. Goals, 1. Pat Jennings played 11. David O'Leary played 11. Pat Rice played 11. Graham Ricks played 11. Liam Brady played 10. Goals, 2. Willie Young played 10. Goals, 2. Sammy Nelson played 10. Brian Talbot played six, goals two. Steve Gatting played six, goals one. Steve Walford played two plus four. The Road to the Final 
Arsenal's epic 11-match FA Cup adventure in 1979 began at a frozen Hillsborough on January the 6th. With the country paralysed by heavy snow and strikes in many industries, the media dubbed it the winter of discontent, 3rd Division Sheffield Wednesday's clash with the Gunners was one of only a handful of ties to survive the big freeze. It was a close-run thing. Terry Neal's men travelled north by train to avoid motorway delays, and the Arsenal manager made it clear that he was unimpressed by the rock-solid playing surface. You should have seen it last week, responded Owl's boss Jack Charlton. It was far worse than this. The match went ahead, and Alan Sunderland headed the Gunners into the lead, before Wednesday equalised in the second half. Arsenal's goalkeeper Pat Jennings had been bombarded with snowballs thrown by Wednesday fans in the enormous Spion Cop and the start of the second half was delayed as Jack Charlton pleaded with the home fans to stop hurling them. The match ended 1-1 and in the Highbury replay three days later Arsenal were seconds from crashing out before Liam Brady latched onto a Pat Jennings punt forward and levelled the scores at 1-1. Two seesaw replays then followed at Filbert Street, ending 2-2 and 3-3 respectively, before Steve Gatting and Frank Stapleton finally grabbed the goals which saw off Wednesday in a 2-0 win. The two sides had faced one another five times in only 16 days and their ding-dong battles encapsulated the very essence and the rawness of the FA Cup. Terry Neal and Don Howe then took advantage of the inclement weather and league postponements to secure the services of Ipswich midfielder Brian Talbot, who'd been an FA Cup winner with Ipswich against Arsenal at Wembley in the previous May. The robust and direct Talbot replaced Steve Gatting in the team for the clash with Notts County at Highbury in late January. And in front of almost 40,000, the Gunners' new signing and Scottish central defender Willie Young notched the goals in a hard-fought 2-0 victory. After all the drama of the Wednesday matches recalled Young, the Notts County match was far more straightforward and routine. Lying in wait in the fifth round when Brian Clough's Nottingham Forest, the reigning league champions were trailing Liverpool by a considerable margin in the league, and the FA Cup appeared to be their best chance of domestic glory. On the eve of the clash, Clough commented, I've won the league with two different sides, Derby and Forest, but I'd dearly love to stick the FA Cup on the sideboard as well. After the big thaw set in, the city ground pitch was an absolute quagmire. There wasn't a huge amount of quality during the game, admitted Brian Talbot. The pitch was like glue in places, and passing the ball on that surface was very tricky. It was very heavy on the legs. The one moment of incisive play came from Arsenal. In the second half, Liam Brady floated over a free kick. Frank Stapleton rose and twisted his neck to divert an unstoppable header past Peter Shilton. The 35,000 city ground crowd was stunned into virtual silence, save for the jubilant knot of travelling Arsenal supporters, wedged in the corner terrace, who celebrated Arsenal's 1-0 win. It was an excellent display by the team, explained Neil. Forest are a class side, but we rode our luck and killed them with one of the few chances we created. Brian Clough never did fulfil his dream of lifting the FA Cup, but he did have the none-too-shabby consolation of seeing his underrated team win the European Cup against Malmo at season's end. 
Laurie McMenemy's talented Southampton team, with former North Bank favourite Charlie George in their ranks, were Arsenal's quarter-final opponents. And for much of the match at the Dell, the home team ran the Gunners ragged. Yet David Price's goal was enough to give Arsenal another shot at the Saints at Highbury. Alan Sunderland, who was making a habit of scoring on the big occasions in the 78-79 campaign, he'd bagged a brace of goals at Old Trafford as Arsenal won 2-0, and a hat-trick at White Hart Lane in his side's famous 5-0 win, scored twice again to ensure that the Gunners had reached the FA Cup semi-final. There they'd face his former club, Wolverhampton Wanderers. The only cloud hanging over Arsenal's march towards Wembley was the fact that Liam Brady would miss the Villa Park clash due to injury. Terry Neal explained, There was perhaps a concern that without Liam's skills we could get sucked into a really physical midfield battle with Wolves, who were a very tough team under John Barnwell, and that we would lack creativity. But Brady's replacement, David Price, dovetailed perfectly in midfield with Talbot, and the Gunners were unstoppable on the day. Having snaffled the ball in midfield, the hard-working and underrated Price fed the ball to Frank Stapleton, who thumped the ball from just outside the box past Wolves keeper Paul Bradshaw. Alan Sunderland took advantage of the slip by Wolves central defender George Berry and slipped home Arsenal's second goal. For the second year in a row, Terry Neal's men had battled their way through snow and mud to reach the FA Cup final. There, with a fit-again Liam Brady in the side, they would face Manchester United at Wembley on a boiling May Saturday. The road to the final. Third round, Saturday, January 6th. Sheffield Wednesday 1, Johnson, Arsenal 1, Sunderland. Third round replay, Tuesday, January the 9th. Arsenal 1, Brady, Sheffield Wednesday 1, Wild. After extra time. Third round, second replay. Monday, January the 15th. Arsenal 2, Brady, Sunderland, Sheffield Wednesday 2, Hornsby 2. Played at Filbert Street, Leicester, after extra time. Third round, third replay. Wednesday, January the 17th. Arsenal 3, Stapleton 2, Young, Sheffield Wednesday 3. Rushbury, Lowy, Hornsby. Played at Filbert Street, Leicester, after extra time. Third round, fourth replay, Monday, January the 22nd. Arsenal 2, Gatting, Stapleton, Sheffield Wednesday, nil. Played at Filbert Street, Leicester. Fourth round, Saturday, January 27th. Arsenal 2, Young, Talbot, Notts County, nil. Fifth round, Monday, February 26th. Nottingham Forest, nil. Arsenal 1, Stapleton. Quarter final, Monday, March 19th. Southampton 1, Hayes, Arsenal 1, Price. Quarter-final replay. Wednesday, March the 21st. Arsenal 2, Sunderland 2, Southampton 0. Semi-final. Saturday, March 31st. Arsenal 2, Stapleton, Sunderland, Wolverhampton Wanderers 0. Played at Villa Park, Birmingham. <laughs> Five minute final match action Saturday, May 12th, 1979, 3 o'clock, Wembley Stadium, FA Cup final, attendance 
99,219. Manchester United 2, Arsenal 3. Referee Ron Chalice from Kent. Manchester United scorers McQueen in the 86th minute, McElroy 88th minute, Arsenal scorers Talbot in the 10th minute, Stapleton 43rd minute and Sunderland in the 89th minute. Manchester United, manager Dave Sexton, number one, Gary Bailey, number two, Jimmy Nicholl, number three, Arthur Alberston, number four, Sammy McElroy, number five, Gordon McQueen, number six, Captain Martin Buchan, number seven, Steve Koppel, number eight, Jimmy Greenhoff, number nine, Joe Jordan, number ten, Lou Macari, number eleven, Mickey Thomas. Substitute not used, number 12, Brian Greenhoff. Arsenal, manager, Terry Neal. Number one, Pat Jennings. Number two, captain, Pat Rice. Number three, Sammy Nelson. Number four, Brian Talbot. Number five, David O'Leary. Number six, Willie Young. Number seven, Liam Brady. Number eight, Alan Sunderland. Number nine, Frank Stapleton. Number 10, David Price, substituted 83rd minute. Number 11, Graham Ricks, substitute Steve Wolford, number 12, brought on in the 83rd minute. First half, prior to the final, Arsenal utilised the assessment skills of 1930s star George Mayle, who reported that Dave Sexton's side had a major weakness. Their fullbacks, Jimmy Nicholl and Arthur Alberston, got careless on crosses. They drifted out of position on frequent occasions, he explained. Mayo was spot on. It proved to be United's Achilles heel. After 10 minutes, Liam Brady shrugged off the attentions of three United defenders, nudged the ball to Frank Stapleton on the right, who fed David Price, whose run drew United keeper Gary Bailey away from goal. As Price cut the ball back, Alan Sunderland and Brian Talbot arrived at the same time with the latter slamming the shot home. Jimmy Greenhoff went close for United, but with just two minutes remaining of the first half, Brady glided past United skipper Martin Buchan, and then Alberston looked up and delivered a perfect cross to fellow Irishman Stapleton, who nodded past Bailey. United's marking was non-existent, as Mayo had predicted. Second half. Time and again, after the interval, Brady's attacks kept United pegged back. But with just three minutes left, United grabbed themselves a lifeline when Gordon McQueen stabbed home a Joe Jordan pass. Worried turned to despair for Gunners fans as Dave Sexton's team poured forward and equalised just over a minute later. Sammy McElroy seized on Steve Koppel's long ball, squirmed past David O'Leary and Steve Walford and tucked home. Sunderland insisted, I think that we all switched off in the blink of an eye I thought we'd had it, but where there was Brady, there was always hope. From the kickoff, he tore into the United half, slipped a ball to Ricks on the left. I just wanted to get the ball into their half because I was convinced United might score again. And Ricks looped over a cross, which dropped invitingly for Sunderland, who poked in a dramatic late winner. We thought Arsenal were on their knees and we'd hammer them in injury time, admitted McElroy but we forgot to keep our eyes on the ball after we equalised. Sunderland's celebration at the end of the three-minute final 
tearing across the Wembley pitch as his blue butterfly collars flapped in celebration would always remain one of Arsenal's most iconic images. Player interview, David O'Leary. Arsenal's record appearance maker had just turned 21 when he lined up for the Gunners against Manchester United on May 12, 1979. O'Leary stats, born Stoke Newington, London, May 2, 1958. Joined Arsenal as an apprentice June 14, 1973. Arsenal debut vs Burnley away, league August 16, 1975. Drew 0-0. Last match versus Sheffield Wednesday, Wembley FA Cup final replay, May 20th, 1993, 1-1. Total appearances, a club record 722, with 14 goals. Honours, Division 1 title, 1988-89, to 1990-91. FA Cup winner, 1979-1993. League Cup winner, 1987-1993. This year marks 40 since the famous five-minute final of 1979. One of the most remarkable FA Cup finals of all time, the 3-2 win over Manchester United was also the first major honour that David O'Leary won during his glittering career with us. Ahead of this evening's game, we spoke to our record appearance maker to reminisce over that victorious cap campaign, including the marathon third-round win against Sheffield Wednesday. This is what he said. The third round. I remember thinking we'd have a tough tie on our hands when we drew Sheffield Wednesday. It's always tough going to a lower division team. They really get themselves up for it. In the end, we had to play four replays before we got through. We were actually very close to going out on a few occasions because they were leading. In one of the games, there was a minute to go and we salvaged something out of it, but there were a lot of replays and when I look back, I think we were quite fortunate to get through the tie. We ended up playing them five times in just over two weeks and that became hard because the games were really starting to add up. In total, we played 11 matches en route to winning the competition and nearly half of them were against Sheffield Wednesday. We were playing them every few days and that's especially tough in the winter, but it's probably when you look back at lifting the trophy that you realise how worth it it was. That's what gets you going the next time round when you start again in January. You know there's a big prize at the end of it. No Brady, no problem. After beating Sheffield Wednesday, we saw off both Nottingham clubs before getting past Southampton after a replay in the quarter-final. We were drawn against Wolves in the last four, but we were missing one of our best players for the game. It's always a loss to be without a great player like Liam Brady, and at the time it was a big blow, but I remember on the day we ran out convincing winners at Villa Park and we played very well. I actually forgot Liam wasn't playing that day. I remember Villa Park well, and I remember beating Wolves. Semi-finals are very nervy because you're so near and so close, and they're so bitter when you lose them. 
When you win a semi-final, you really, really appreciate it. And that day, we wanted to get back to Wembley to put things right after losing to Ipswich the previous season. We were so determined to do it, and we played very well on the day. The morning of the final. Wembley is such a special place on any FA Cup final day. It really is special for the fans, for your family, and it's such a great feeling when you win it. Not so much when you lose, but when you do, it's incredibly special. Maybe when you're involved in the finals, you don't realise the magnitude of them. Between 1978 and 1980, we were involved in the final, and a year or two later, we went to Hong Kong for a game at the end of the season and watched the final out there. Then we started to realise how big the FA Cup was in those days and how much we'd taken it for granted. We didn't properly appreciate playing in it, but suddenly we could appreciate it much more as we'd seen what it was like around the world when people are watching it. I remember growing up as a boy in Dublin watching the FA Cup final and wondering if I'd ever have the chance to play at Wembley. All those memories come into it. We went back many years later for the Sheffield Wednesday Cup final and I probably appreciated that more because there had been such a gap between the first three which all came along very quickly. Racing out of the blocks We came out in the first half so determined and went two goals up but then we got into a negative mode which didn't suit us. We should have kept playing rather than sitting on the two goals and trying to run the clock down. In the end, by doing that, we nearly dropped ourselves in it by giving two goals away. People asked me how we would have coped in extra time and I honestly don't know. I think it would have had an effect on us after losing a two-goal lead, but we didn't really get the chance to think about that because we kicked off, went up the other end, And amazingly, Alan Sunderland grabbed a great winner. The shock of being pulled back from two goals up was relieved very quickly. It was a fine goal by Alan, a great ball from Graham Ricks, and a really good run by Liam Brady to spot Ricks. For me, to win my first trophy with the club against a great side like Manchester United was just superb. I went back to Dublin a few days later to join up with the national team, and it was incredible to go back as an Arsenal player and see some good friends who had been at the match. Exorcising our demons. We came into that season having learnt a great deal from how poorly we played in the 1978 final against Ipswich. I think we were more experienced going into the game, we knew how to handle it better, and we kept away from doing too many interviews or fiddling around with too much beforehand. It was a more concentrated build-up and it was going to be against a big team like Manchester United. It was a perfect FA Cup final really because it was two of the biggest clubs about. I had so many friends from Ireland who support Manchester United so you had that thing about it too. It was just a great occasion and it was even a lovely sunny day. I think the reason we were really eager to get going was to make up for the poor and disappointing performance the year before. We were so lucky to get back and have a great chance of putting it right again a year later. I've had the pleasure of walking down those steps with the cup, and sadly, 
I've also walked down those steps without the cup. We certainly made the most of the celebrations, knowing how gutted we felt the year before, so it was fabulous to be able to walk around Wembley and celebrate with the fans after what happened in 1978. Everyone was delighted in the dressing room, and we ended up celebrating in London. The foundations of this club's success. The work of the Arsenal Foundation and the partners and initiatives it supports have touched the lives of a great number of people in a variety of ways. The Arsenal Foundation has helped to fund Highbury Table Tennis Club, which runs sessions for people of all abilities, male and female, young and old. Juliana Nwagen, 16, from North London, tells us about it. My story. I'm a student studying a BTEC in sports science, and I'm also an intermediate level player representing Highbury in the Central London Table Tennis League. I found out about the Highbury Table Tennis Club from my brother, who used to attend the training sessions. He recommended that I join him and I was keen to play so I took the plunge. I went to my first session with him and it was very rewarding. There was a lot of intense training but there was also time to learn from others and play friendly matches. I enjoy learning from others the most because I can develop my skills and expand my knowledge of the sport. One of the best parts is learning from matches I've lost. I've carried on playing because the sport has given me a lot of joy and excitement. I've always played for fun, but one of the other main reasons I play is because it helps to take my mind off studies, as I feel as if it is therapy when I play. There are so many things I love about the club, it's hard to say which aspect I enjoy the most. It's helped me to build my confidence, improve in a sport I love, make friends and be a lot fitter and healthier. I used to train twice a week, but I've learned to balance my time well between studies, other interests and the club, so now I train four times a week. Each session lasts between 90 minutes and three hours. I've also taken part in numerous events, including Arsenal tournaments and school tournaments, and I love competing in the Central London League. I'm proud to be from Islington, and I'm very grateful and honoured to have represented the borough at the London Youth Games multiple times. I'd also like to mention Sanket, who runs the club, and his head coach. He's been my coach and mentor since I started playing when I was eight years old, and he really helped me believe in myself. He also gave me the opportunity to do work experience alongside him as an assistant coach. I saw that his coaching was very lively and energetic, and I fed off his enthusiasm. He's helped me become the table tennis player I am today, and I'm very grateful. The Arsenal Foundation supporting community programmes and charities is a great and powerful opportunity because they're really making a difference. It's extraordinary that they're able to help the community and help young people fulfil their potential. For more info, visit www.highburyttclub.co.uk Community, using the power of Arsenal to positively impact the lives of young people since 1985. Arsenal and Freedom from Torture celebrate successful partnership supporting recovery of torture survivors. 
A new independent report tackling trauma has revealed that a project run jointly by Arsenal Football Club and the charity Freedom from Torture to help rehabilitate torture survivors has been a success. The programme, which has been running since 2012, sees Arsenal in the community run football sessions for survivors from around the world, most of whom have sought refuge in the UK. The sessions run once a week in the hub next to Emirates Stadium, and are staffed by two Arsenal in the community coaches and a clinical psychologist from Freedom from Torture. This report highlights the benefits sport can have on individuals who have been through extremely traumatic experiences. We knew that the project was benefiting the participants, but we wanted to understand better how and why this was. We are proud of tackling trauma and to have been working with Freedom from Torture since 2010 with the football group running weekly for almost seven of those years. Tackling trauma, undertaken by Dr Rebecca Horn and funded by Arsenal Football Club, show that the sessions support recovery through key elements of reconnection, such as reclaiming a physical self, developing new interests, reducing social isolation and connecting with a new community. Connecting with a transformed sense of self, these findings will be used to raise awareness of the impact community football projects can have on the individuals who take part, but also help improve the project for the benefit of its participants. For more information, email Jack Ironside at jironside at arsenal.co.uk. Arsenal Women News of the latest gunner to hit three figures and a preview of a tricky Women's Super League assignment against Reading. Congratulations, Leah. On what was otherwise a disappointing afternoon of Women's Super League action, Arsenal's match against Chelsea recently did witness a very special milestone for Leah Williamson. The defender, a product of our academy and also an Arsenal supporter, played her 100th match for the Gunners, during which time the 21-year-old has notched six goals for the team. Leah joins an auspicious group of current players who have hit the century mark, most recently fullback Emma Mitchell, who also joined the 100 club this season. Current Centurions Jordan Nobbs, games 165 plus 16, goals 60. Danielle Carter, games 140 plus 38, goals 60. Kim Little, games 165 plus 4, goals 120. Emma Mitchell, games 100 plus 7, goals 5. Leah Williamson, games 88 plus 12, goals 6. Dutch midfielder Dominique Bloodworth, could also hit the 100 this season. Dom has 89 appearances to her name and has scored 12 goals. Reading on Sunday. There's a big WSL game for Joe Montemura's team this Sunday. The Gunners travel to Adams Park, Wickham, to take on Cali Chambers' Reading in what is likely to be a hard-fought fixture. This season, the Gunners thrashed the Royals 6-0 back in October, with Viviane Maidima proving once again too hot to handle, scoring an impressive hat-trick.
However, it's worth noting that Reading beat the Gunners home and away in last season's Continental Cup, as well as recording a goalless draw at home in the WSL. This season they sit fifth in the league, and can draw on the talents of an Arsenal legend in Gemma Davison, who played 214 times for us, scoring 50 goals in three spells at the club. Two other greats of the women's game in this country, Farah Williams and Joe Potter, are also former Gunners, now playing by royal appointment. The match kicks off at 12.30pm and tickets are available for £6 adults, £3 concessions from the FAWSL website or at Adams Park on the day. In the Conti Cup Group D table, Arsenal head the table over West Ham, Lewis, Charlton and Millwall. In the FAWSL table, Arsenal are second to Manchester City over Chelsea, Birmingham, Reading, Bristol City, West Ham, Liverpool, Brighton and Hove Albion, Everton and Yeovil Town. The 2018-19 Arsenal fixtures. Sunday, 19th of August, West Ham United, 3-1. Sunday, 9th of September, Liverpool, 5-0. Sunday, 16th of September, Lewis FC, 9-0. Wednesday, 19th of September, Yeovil Town, 7-0. Sunday, 23rd of September, West Ham United, 4-3. Sunday, 14th of October, Chelsea, 5-0. Sunday, 21st of October, Reading, 6-0. Sunday, 28th of October, Bristol City, 4-0. Sunday, 4th of November, Birmingham City, 3-1. Sunday, 18th of November, Everton, 4-0. Sunday, 25th of November, Brighton and Hove Albion, 4-1. Sunday, 2nd of December, Manchester City, 0-2. Thursday, 6th of December, Charlton Athletic, 5-0. Wednesday, 12th of December, Millwall Lionesses, 3-1. Sunday, 6th of January, West Ham United, 4-2. Wednesday, 9th of January, Birmingham City, 2-1. Sunday, 13th of January, Chelsea, 1-2. Fixtures to come are Sunday, 27th of January, Reading, WSL. Sunday, 3rd of February, Crawley Wasps, FAC. 5th and 6th of February, Manchester United, CC. Sunday, 10th of February, Liverpool, WSL. Sunday, 17th of February, 5th round, FAC. Thursday, 21st of February, Yeovil Town, WSL. Saturday, 23rd of February, final, CC. Thursday, 14th of March, Bristol City, WSL. Sunday, 17th of March, quarter-final, FAC. Sunday, 31st of March, Birmingham City, WSL. Sunday, 14th of April, semi-final, FAC. Sunday, 21st of April, Everton, WSL. Sunday, 28th of April, Brighton and Hove Albion, WSL. Saturday, 4th of May, final, FAC. Sunday, 12th of May, Manchester City, WSL. The Visitors, Manchester United. 
The Red Devil season has been transformed by the arrival of a former legend to take the managerial reins. Manchester United arrive at Emirates Stadium this Friday evening in red-hot form, transformed since the sacking of Jose Mourinho in mid-December and his replacement in a caretaker capacity by the club's legendary former striker Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. United have won all seven matches under the Norwegian, six straight in the Premier League plus a 2-0 success with a much-changed team at home to Reading in the third round of the FA Cup. Now level on points with Arsenal in the Premier League table, United have surged back into contention for a top four finish, having looked uncertain even of a place in the top six when Mourinho's two-and-a-half-year spell at the club was terminated after a humbling 3-1 defeat by Liverpool on December the 16th. The team have come together dramatically under Solskjaer, appointed until the end of the season while still retaining his job as head coach of the Norwegian club Molde. It remains to be seen what course United will take in the summer, but for now everything suddenly appears rosy in the Old Trafford Garden. Players who were struggling for form under Mourinho have suddenly rediscovered their mojo, while the fans are now gleefully chanting that they have got their United back and are looking forward with anticipation rather than trepidation to a big Champions League round of 16 tie against runaway French league leaders Paris Saint-Germain. While it's fair to say that Solskjaer's first few games were not the most difficult, starting with a trip to his former club Cardiff where the team let rip winning 5-1 before back-to-back home wins over Huddersfield 3-1 and Bournemouth 4-1 and a 2-0 success at Newcastle. He also passed his first big test, leading United to a precious 1-0 win against Tottenham at Wembley two weeks ago. Tonight he faces a second major examination as return to North London, bidding to knock Arsenal out of the FA Cup. Unquestionably the tie of the fourth round, this match brings together the two most successful clubs in the FA Cup's history, with Arsenal on 13 wins and United on 12. The Old Trafford club have reached the final in two of the last three seasons, winning the 2016 showpiece 2-1 against Crystal Palace in manager Louis van Gaal's last game in charge, but going down 1-0 to Chelsea at Wembley under Mourinho last season, having eliminated Derby, Yeovil, Huddersfield, Brighton and Tottenham en route. Chelsea, who also knocked United out at the quarter-final stage of the 2017 competition, are the only team to have beaten United in the last 18 FA Cup matches, 15 wins and one draw. Going back to the last time they met the Gunners in this competition at Old Trafford in the 2015 quarter-finals, when a Danny Welbeck strike gave Arsenal a 2-1 win en route to a successful defence of the trophy. The FA Cup is littered with a long list of memorable meetings between the two clubs, from the 1999 semi-final at Villa Park to Arsenal's shootout win in Cardiff in 2005. Tonight's game has the makings of another classic, the visitors, Manchester United. You can find the appearances and goals for all the Manchester United players this season towards the end of this evening's programme. The breakdown. The most followers on Twitter... David De Hay, 11.9 million. Juan Mata, 7.6 million. Paul Pogba, 6.3 million. Alexis Sanchez, 2.8 million. Ander Herrera, 2.5 million. 
Most goals for the club. Wayne Rooney, 253. Bobby Charlton, 249. Dennis Law, 237. Jack Rowley, 211. Dennis Violette, 179. The Cup Keeper, 22. Sergio Romero, born Bernardo de Irgoen, Argentina, 22nd of February 1987. Previously, Racing Club, AZ, Sampdoria, Monaco, Lone, Game Stroke Goals, 41 Stroke Zero. Capped 96 times by Argentina and his country's number one goalkeeper for five successive tournaments until he was ruled out of the 2018 World Cup with a knee injury. Sergio moved to Manchester in August 2015, having previously worked with the then United boss Louis van Gaal at AZ Alkmaar, where he was a Dutch champion in 2008-2009. stroke Backup keeper to David Decay during his entire Old Trafford stay, he replaces the Spaniard in the cup competitions and was one of the key figures in the club's 2016-17 Europa League triumph. He was in excellent form against Reading in round three. The men in form, 10, Marcus Rashford, born Manchester, 31st of October 1997. Previously, none. Game stroke goals, 150 stroke 41. Marcus first burst onto the Premier League scene with two goals against Arsenal in a 3-2 win at Old Trafford in February 2016. And while his fortunes have fluctuated in the three years since then, he remains, at 21, one of the most exciting prospects in English football. He is certainly at the top of his game right now, having found the net in five of the six Premier League games under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, including each of the last four. Maintaining that hot streak against Brighton last weekend on his 150th United appearance. He has scored three goals for England this term, thereby doubling his international tally. Deja vu. We've played against Manchester United more than any other side in English football, having first faced the Red Devils in a competitive fixture back in October 1894. It was so long ago, in fact, that the two sides were named Newton Heath and Woolwich Arsenal. Unfortunately, however, United are one of the few sides that have beaten us more than we've beaten them, with 98 losses to 82 wins. The men in form. A bit of Paul Wright. Paul Pogba has admitted there was only one team for him as a young man growing up in France. I was a big fan of Arsenal. Thierry Henry. I was watching him. 6. Paul Pogba, born Lange sur Marne, France, 15th of March 1993. Previously, Manchester United, Juventus. Game stroke goals, 121 stroke 25. A former United youth prospect, Paul was re signed in 2016 from Juventus, where he won four successive Serie A titles for a then world-record transfer fee of £89.3 million. The gifted 25-year-old was a major figure for France at last year's World Cup, scoring a crucial goal in the final victory against Croatia, his 10th for Les Bleus. His time back at Old Trafford has been full of ups and downs. It was an open secret that he did not always see eye-to-eye with Jose Mourinho, but, seemingly released from his shackles since Ole Gunnar Solskjaer took over, he has started the last six league games and scored five goals. Familiar faces. 
Alexis Sanchez and Enrique Mkhitaryan are just two players of many that have featured for both sides. George Graham famously played for Arsenal and United before enjoying an illustrious nine-year spell as our manager, while Andy Cole graduated from our academy and left for Manchester, where he scored 93 goals in 195 appearances. Notable inclusions are Jimmy Rimmer, Brian Kidd, David Platt, Michael Silvestre and Robin Van Persie. Ballon d'Or winners Dennis Law, 1964 Bobby Charlton, 1966 George Best, 1968 Cristiano Ronaldo, 2008 Countries with the most Manchester United fans Indonesia, 9,823,000 Thailand, 4,789,000 India, 4,107,000 Vietnam, 3,850,000 Mexico, 3,484,000 The Visitors, Manchester United The Breakdown, Basics Formed, 1873 Nickname, The Red Devils Stadium, Old Trafford Chairman, Joel Glazer and Avram Glazer Record Appearance Maker Ryan Giggs, 963. Record goal scorer, Wayne Rooney, 253. The third round scorers, 8. Juan Mata, born Burgos, Spain, 28th of April, 1988. Previously, Valencia, Chelsea. Game stroke goals, 208 stroke 44. A decisive figure during two and a half years with Chelsea, which included wins in the FA Cup, Champions League and Europa League. He moved to Old Trafford for £37.1 million five years ago. A cunning left-footed schemer, he has won every major trophy for club and country, bar a domestic league title, winning the FA Cup again in 2016, when he equalised against Crystal Palace in the final before adding a second winner's medal in the Europa League and a first in the EFL Cup the following year. He scored from the penalty spot against Reading three weeks ago, his 10th FA Cup goal. 9. Romelu Lukaku, born Antwerp, Belgium, 13th of May 1993. Previously, Anderlecht, Chelsea, West Brom, Lone, Everton. Game stroke goals, 78 stroke 36. United spent £75 million to sign Romelu from Everton in July 2017. And while his form has been erratic, with no league starts yet under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, the powerful left-footer remains a menace to every defence, scoring a fine second goal against Reading to maintain a record of almost one every other game for the club. Trophyless since his 2009-10 Belgian title with Anderlecht, when, aged just 16, he was already the league's top scorer, but is already, at 25, far and away Belgium's all-time top scorer, with 45 goals in 79 games, and was a bronze medalist at last year's World Cup. The new boys, 17, Fred, born Belo Horizonte, Brazil, 5th of March 1993. Previously, Internacional Porto Alegre, Shakhtar Donetsk, game stroke goals, 15 stroke 1. United's major new signing last summer. Fred signed a five-year contract in June before travelling with Brazil to the World Cup, his second major tournament after the 2015 Copa America in Chile. 
the left-footed all-purpose midfielder repeatedly caught the eye during five years with Shakhtar Donetsk, which brought him three league titles and three cups, including both trophies in his final campaign, when he was also a Champions League ever-present as Shakhtar reached the round of 16. He has yet to establish himself in the same vein at Old Trafford, his one goal coming against Wolves back in December. 20. Diogo Dallo Born Praga, Portugal, 18th of March 1999. Previously, FC Porto. Game stroke goals, 10 stroke zero. Something of a surprise acquisition by ex-United boss Jose Mourinho from his former club Porto. Diogo was renowned in Portugal as a fine prospect, having represented his country at every age group level from under-15s to under-21s. But he had only made half a dozen appearances for Porto in the Primera Liga, all in the club's 2017-18 title-winning campaign. The 19-year-old fullback signed a five-year deal at a cost of £19 million, but did not feature regularly for the United first team until last month since when he has made five league starts and played the full 90 minutes in the FA Cup against Reading. The ex-gunner, 7, Alexis Sanchez, born Tocopilla, Chile, 19th of December 1988. Previously, Cobreloa, Udinese, Colo Colo, loan, River Plate, loan, Barcelona, Arsenal. Game stroke goals, 32 stroke 4. Since his departure from Arsenal for United this time last year, Alexis Sanchez's career has dipped somewhat. Injured, off form and out of favour, he has not started a Premier League encounter since early November, but will be eager for involvement against his old club this evening, having been selected to face Reading in Round 3. The Chile international scored 80 goals in 166 games for the Gunners, eight of those in the FA Cup including one apiece in the 2015 and 2017 final wins against, respectively, Aston Villa and Chelsea. The boss, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, born February 26, 1973. Games, 7. Previously, Molde, 2010-2014. Cardiff, 2014. Molde, 2014. Nicknamed the baby-faced assassin by the Old Trafford faithful during 11 years as a striker, during which he won 10 major trophies, including two FA Cups, and scored 126 goals in 366 games. The most famous of all, his predatory stoppage time winner in the 1999 Champions League final against Bayern Munich. Ole Gunnar returned to the club in December as caretaker manager and has not only won every game but also restored a spirit of adventure to the team. The 45-year-old remains the coach of Norwegian club Molde where he enjoys an equally legendary status. Words by Mike Hammond, Aidan Small. Scouting report. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has already put his stamp on this United side. Having spent the first four months of the season on the periphery of the Champions League battle, Manchester United have suddenly been revitalised in recent weeks, and the impact of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has been difficult to ignore. Since their former striker replaced Jose Mourinho, United have a 100% record in all competitions, with their attackers in particularly fine form. At this rate, Solskjaer might earn the job on a full-time basis. Thus far, Solskjaer has stuck to a regular selection of players in midfield and attack, 
although there have been a couple of clever tactical tweaks. The default approach is a 4-3-3 with Marcus Rashford leading the line. He was often fielded in wide positions by Jose Mourinho, but under the new regime has been the central striker and repeatedly made threatening runs into the channels. Rashford is also excellent at striking the ball, scoring a superb swerving free kick against Cardiff in Solskjaer's first game and netting a lovely curled effort in the victory over Brighton last weekend. Rashford's main supporters come from Anthony Marshall, who has cut inside effectively from the left in the manner of his idol Thierry Henry. On the right, Jesse Lingard has drifted inside to link play between the lines and is a tactically intelligent player capable of playing various roles. That proved particularly useful in United's recent 1-0 victory over Tottenham at Wembley, when Solskjaer switched system to match Tottenham's midfield diamond. Lingard played the number 10 role, with Martial attacking into the left channel, and Rashford doing the same down the right, from where he scored the game's only goal. After Unai Emery surprised Chelsea with his use of a diamond midfield last weekend, it wouldn't be a surprise if Solskjaer used that system again here. The major beneficiary of the new regime has been Paul Pogba, who was often omitted from the side in the latter days of Mourinho's reign, but has been given a freer role under Solskjaer, driving forward from his left-of-centre midfield position into the penalty box to provide a goal-scoring threat. His passing range remains hugely impressive. Ander Herrera plays a hard-working role to the right of the midfield, leaving Nemanja Matic protecting the space in front of the defence. The defence is the area where there's still work to be done, and United still aren't keeping enough clean sheets. Out wide, Ashley Young is now a permanent fullback, is capable of playing either side and good in individual battles against wingers. Diego Dallo has played at left-back recently, despite being right-footed. In the middle, Victor Lindelof has performed well in recent weeks and has played some good long-range passes, while Phil Jones is a more traditional centre-back. In goal, David De Hoy hasn't been quite at his best this season, but was outstanding in the victory over Tottenham and was man of the match in the league match here last season. Words, Michael Cox. Man United FA Cup stats. Most matches played. Ryan Giggs, 86. Bobby Charlton, 78. Paul Scholes, 66. Bill Fulkes, 61. Tony Dunn, 56. Most goals scored. Dennis Law, 34. Jack Rowley, 26. Wayne Rooney, 22. George Best, 21. Bobby Charlton, 19. FA Cup wins. 1909, 1948, 1963, 1977, 1983, 1985, 1990, 1994, 1996, 1999, 2004, 2016. Losing finalists, 1957, 1958, 1976, 1979, 1995, 2005, 2007, 2018. Match Action Saturday, January 19th, 2019, 5.30, Emirates Stadium, Premier League, attendance 59,979. Arsenal 2, Chelsea 0. 
match stats. Total shots, Arsenal 13, Chelsea 13. Shots on target, Arsenal 5, Chelsea 1. Corners, Arsenal 5, Chelsea 6. Offsides, Arsenal 1, Chelsea 0. Fouls, Arsenal 13, Chelsea 15. Possession, Arsenal 36%, Chelsea 64%. Referee, Anthony Taylor. Arsenal scorers, Lacazette in the 14th minute, Corsini in the 39th minute. Arsenal, number 19, Leno. Number 2, Bellerin, substituted 71st minute. Number 5, Socrates. Number 6, Kozilini. Number 31, Kolasinac. Number 29, Gwenduzi. Number 34, Zaka. Number 8, Ramsey. Substituted 67th minute. Number 14, Aubameyang. Number 11, Torreira. Number 9, Lacazette. Substituted 67th minute. Substitutes number 1, Czech. Number 15, Maitland-Niles. Brought on 67th minute. Number 4, Alneni. Brought on 71st minute. Number 17, Iwobi. Brought on 67th minute. Number 20, Mustafi. Number 18, Monreal. Number 10, Ozil. Chelsea. Number 1, Kepa. Number 28, Azpilicueta. Number 30, David Luiz. Number 2, Rudiger. Number 3, Marcos Alonso. Number 17, Kovacic. Substituted 62nd minute. Number 5, Jorginho. Number 7, Kante. Number 11, Pedro. Substituted 79th minute. Number 10, Hazard. Number 22, Willian. Substituted 67th minute. Substitutes, Cavallero. Number 13, number 27, Christensen. Number 8, Barkley. Brought on 62nd minute. Number 20, Hudson O'Doy. Brought on 79th minute. Number 33, Emerson. Number 44, Ampadu. Number 18, Giroud. Brought on in the 67th minute. First half, the Gunners were vibrant from the off. And on four minutes, Alexandre Lacazette sent a fine ball across goal that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang sliced wide. Socrates then headed wide before the outstanding Laurent Gozilini saw his header brilliantly pushed over the bar by Kepa Arazibilaga. But less than 60 seconds later, our dominance was rewarded as Hector Bellerin found Lacazette in the area, whose sublime first touch set him up before he squeezed a drive into the top corner. Pedro went close to equalising before Aubameyang was inches away from doubling our advantage with a stunning overhead kick. Corzilini made no mistake moments later as he met a Socrates ball into the box, diverting the ball home via his shoulder. Marcos Alonso hit the post before the end of the half. Second half, we continued to threaten in the second half, primarily on the break with Sayed Kolasinac and Hector Bellerin creating a havoc from the full-back positions. But the latter would soon depart on a stretch in obvious discomfort after sustaining a worrying-looking injury. 
The Blues enjoyed plenty of possession and exerted some pressure, but we stood firm, with Socrates and Kozibny positively relishing the battle. And finally, after a lengthy spell of added time, we had the win. Teams for Arsenal had coach Unai Emery. Red shirts with white sleeves, white shorts and red and white socks. 1. Petra Cech, goalkeeper. 2. Hector Bellerin. 4. Mohamed Elneny. 5. Socrates Popastathopoulos. 6. Laurent Koscielny. 7. Henrik Mikatarian. 8. Aaron Ramsey. 9. Alexandre Lacazette. 10. Monsieur Terzel. 11. Lukas Torreira. 12. Stephen Lichsteiner. 14. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. 15. Ainsley Maitland-Niles. 16. Rob Holding. 17. Alexei Wobi. 18. Nacho Monreal. 19. Bernd Leno, goalkeeper. 20. Schroeder Mustafi. 23. Danny Welbeck. 25. Carl Jenkinson. 27. Konstantinos Mavrapanos. 29. Matur Gunduzi. 31. Seat Kolasinak. 34. Granit Xhaka. 43. Charlie Gilmore. 47. Zach Medley. 49. Eddie Anquitia. 53. Julio Pleguezuelo. 55. Emil Smith Rowe. 87. Bukeo Saka. For Manchester United, manager Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Navy shirts, shorts and socks. 1. David de Geer, goalkeeper. 2. Victor Lindelof. 3. Eric Bailey. 4. Phil Jones. 6. Paul Pogba. 7. Alexis Sanchez. 8. Juan Mata. 9. Romelu Lukaku. 10. Marcus Rashford. 11. Anthony Marshall. 12. Chris Smalling. 13. Lee Grant, goalkeeper. 14. Jesse Lingard. 15. Andreas Pereira. 16. Marcus Rojo. 17. Fred. 18. Ashley Young. 20. Diogo Dalot. 21. Ander Herrera. 22. Sergio Romero, goalkeeper. 23. Luke Shaw. 25. Antonio Valencia. 27. Marouane Fellaini. 31. Nemanja Matic. 36. Mathieu Damien. 39. Scott McTominay. 40. Joel Pereira, goalkeeper. 44. Tahith Jong. 47. Angel Gomez. Officials Referee Craig Pawson. Assistant Referees Edward Smart. Konstantin Hatsidakis. Fourth Official Paul Tierney. Video Assistant Referee Christopher Kavanagh. Fixtures Tonight's other FA Cup fixture, Bristol City versus Bolton Wanderers at 7.45pm. The Arsenal Foundation, helping young people fulfil their potential through education and sport. And that brings us to the end of this audio communication from Arsenal Football Club. MBNA, 
official partner of Arsenal. Know the score before you apply. See the MBNA credit card you are eligible to apply for. One quick form, get a response in minutes. All without affecting your credit rating. Try CleverCheck, the MBNA eligibility checker. mbna.co.uk slash arsenal. The credit cards are issued by MBNA Limited. Registered office, Stansfield House, Chester Business Park, Chester, CH49QQ. Registered in England and Wales under company number 02783251. Authorised and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority. MBNA Limited is also authorised by the Financial Conduct Authority under the Payment Services Regulations 2009, register number 204487 for the provision of payment services. Creditors available, subject to status only to UK residents aged 18 or over. Calls and online sessions, for example, completing an application, may be monitored and or recorded for quality evaluation, training purposes and to ensure compliance with laws and regulations. The 18 to 19 kids. Visit our new Highbury store, ArsenalDirect.com. On sale now. Free £10 gift card on orders over £40. Terms and conditions apply. EA Sports. FIFA 19. FIFA official licensed products. Pre-order now. 28th of September 2018. 3. Registered trademark. www.pegi.info EA Sports. Registered trademark. Frostbite. Registered trademark. EA Sports. Premier League lead partner. Copyright 2018. Electronic Arts Inc. EA, EA Sports and the EA Sports logo are trademarks of Electronic Arts Inc. Official FIFA licensed product. Copyright FIFA and FIFA's official licensed product logo are copyrights and or trademarks of FIFA. All rights reserved. Manufactured under license by Electronic Arts Inc. Take your seat. Sky Sports. Feel it all. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 